Welcome to the meditation conversation. Thank you for joining us. Um, today you have Kara and Michael Massey and, and no Alessandra. So um, if you haven't been able to listen to the previous episode, then I welcome you to go and listen to that, which interestingly has not been recorded as of the recording of this episode. Um, so time and space are sort of playing with my mind right now. But um, if you go back and listen to that um, episode, you will hear that Alessandra is moving on to other pastures and um, and you, you can hear why and what her next adventure is. So, but today we are moving ahead with Michael Massey, and that's a joy and an honor to be able to connect with him. We had sketched out several topics um, over time that we wanted to touch on, and so we thought, well, let's just dive in and see, see how it feels, see where we go. And so we're so glad that you can come along with us because the reality is that Michael and I would be talking about this anyway <laughs> because I'm always um, bugging him to tell me more <laughs> about <laughs> share your wisdom, please. And um, so it's like, why not just spread that wisdom and um, the, the gift that he gives to the world and expand that outward? And that's such a joy and honor to be able to do. So today we thought we would talk about realities colliding and dividing. And what's really exciting for me is that I really don't even know <laughs> what that means. <laughs> So um, this is something that has kind of come up just in passing and and uh, and I'm going to Michael, okay, so what do you mean by that? And he's like, no, we we should record it. So <laughs> so you can, like I said, you can learn right along with me. So welcome, Michael. Thank you for giving Thank your you. time to us. Yeah, nice to be back recording again. Without our beloved Alessandra, I'm I sorry. Know. I know. I know. I feel like I've got a what do they call it? Like the phantom, the phantom limb. Phantom limb. Mm. Yes. It's. <laughs> I think what the best solution would be is if you could speak in a Swedish accent. Would you be willing to do that? Oh, I. I, <laughs> I might hurt everybody's ears. How do I speak in a? I only know one Swedish accent word. I bet I know what it is. Yeah, right. <laughs> mutter. Mutter. Yeah, so we just talk about uh, uh, earth mutter, you know, <laughs> our biological mutters. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, that was uh, your favorite, I know. Yeah, that one's my favorite. Yeah. Well, Alessandra, we uh, certainly miss you and... Uh, Yes. You just get to join us in spirit. Right. So let's dive into realities colliding and dividing. Yeah. Tell yeah, us. I said, uh, right. When this topic kind of came up, um, it's uh, kind of 
there there are times when we say uh, realities are on a convergent path, and there are times when they're on a diverge, divergent path, and we we find um, all things leading to the same place, and sometimes we see things actually forking off and going in different directions. And I kind of want to speak more specifically to when there's divergent realities. And because that can provide, that's really the conundrum when we're trying to make our own um, decisions in navigating uh, through life when uh, it seems like oh, there's option A heading off in one direction and option B heading off in another direction. What do we what are we to do? Whatever are we to do? So let me actually take you even a little bit further back than where you're coming from. Because so when you talk about realities diverging, so why would realities be plural? Are we talking multidimensional landscape here? Or are you talking like future potentialities, like future options of, you know, on this material plane you you could go one way you could make the decision to go to university or you could go right into the workforce as an example yeah that could be an example but we're and talking on this material plane or yeah, multi-dimensional yes. it is multi-dimensional um and it's on this plane, <laughs> just to make things even oh, yeah. more clear. Yes, uh, I, I think, forgot. Uh, I'm not supposed to say order. I think we uh, we had previously covered, I think in one of the other uh, uh, COVID um, recordings we did, I think we did two or three of those. And one of the things we were talking about is, you know, is making the conscious choice to focus our energies onto something beautiful. Mm-hmm. And uh, in a sense in that what we're doing is we're casting a vote in that scenario for a specific reality threat. Okay. That um, will, as that gets energized by more and more people, then that becomes it increases its probability of manifestation. Now, each one of us actually has we have our own reality, and then there's what you might call a collective reality. The collective reality is what we get all get kind of served up. Uh, and certainly right now, the collective reality is coronavirus. Mm-hmm. That's our collective reality that everybody is facing. Um, now, the from our individual points of perspective, we create our own reality in the way that we are actually going to uh, experience what the, the collective reality is. Does okay. that kind of make, make sense? Okay. Yes. And so some some uh, some people will, you know, fall into, um, you know, it's fear. There's fear-based realities out there um, that this is going to wipe everything out or it's some kind of doomsday. Um, there's realities about um, all kinds of uh, various different conspiracies uh, associated to it. Everything from it's a hoax to we're not uh, being told the truth here or that or 
this virus is engineered or not. These are all just different realities or ways to perceive and experience what is actually happening. So does that does that kind of make sense what we're, or, yeah. what we're talking about in terms of realities? Yes. So <laughs> and, big collective and individual. Yeah. And in a sense, it kind of... Uh, I've kind of likened life on Earth is just a big game that you might call reality wars. And everybody is essentially... Uh, is pitching to each other their version of reality and, and and trying to get others to subscribe to it. Okay. This is this is a basic uh, uh, what happens in sales and marketing. Mm. Yeah. All right. You're getting people to buy into. Oh, there is this problem, but this product solves that problem. So you're actually convincing someone of a specific reality. Mm-hmm. getting them to subscribe into it is that yeah so this is this is kind of part parcel to uh, how life operates here and so the the real big question is is there an actual objective absolute reality or is there not that's a kind of a philosophical question uh what's certainly the case is we have a lot of different reality spheres here meaning Because of all the individuals. Correct. Okay. Correct. And then whether or not we can agree on a collective reality, well, that's a, that's kind of the separate question. Hmm. Make sense? Yeah. So when we're presented with this kind of situation here, where we actually have like kind of a major collective reality, but we have all these different individual uh, realities within it. Um, what are we what are we supposed to do when we're kind of facing we're looking down the road and we can kind of see the path it could go this way or it could go that way. What are we to do? That's kind of the question on the table. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what I wanted to kind of just cover here is it's really actually a, it's fairly simple, but simple doesn't always equate to easy. Easy, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and something that kind of in, in uh, Buddhist philosophy is, is refers to it kind of as the middle way. And I want to give an example here from uh, kind of from the coronavirus, uh, 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 reality that we're all facing. So let's say we're all, or most, most people now are at some level of lockdown. Uh, I know there's a few pockets here and there that are not, uh, but we're, uh, so we're on lockdown and sequestered. And uh, so, but we might be um, uh, experiencing this in, in different ways, uh, introverts versus extroverts, et cetera. Uh, but let's take a kind of two, two extremes. Let's say um, uh, there's one version of reality where, let's say we, um, the coronavirus is much worse than we've been led to believe. 
okay? Like mm-hmm. they're, they're, we don't have accurate data coming out of China or something like that, and that this is actually going to get a lot worse before it gets better. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's one potential reality. Okay. Uh, uh, let's say a secondary potential reality is that this is all overblown. There's a lot of media hype to it. It's not as big a deal as people think. And, you know, it's, um, uh, it's no more of a threat than the common flu, you know, at, at best. Okay. okay? Mm-hmm. So those are two different v- versions of reality. So the question is, is that what if it's one versus the other? And typically people will mm, they have a tendency to choose a reality and then emotionally invest themselves in that reality. So if somebody chooses the situation that it's a lot worse than we're being led to believe, then they will actually filter out or reject any kind of information or data that comes in that is contrary to that Mm. because they have a vested interest in that particular reality. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, at the same time, um, those who've, who've chosen the opposite things to say it's, it's all just overblown. They're going to reject any reports of, you know, uh, of it spreading and they're going to just see that as, you know, fake news or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so they'll reject maybe accurate data because it doesn't conform or can fit with their version of reality. Once again, because they're emotionally invested in that particular reality. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what we want to talk about here is the proper way to actually deal mm-hmm. with these different realities mm-hmm. uh, because if you what happens if you invest in one and the alternate turns out to be true or vice versa then that means some point down the road one is going to have their reality is going to come crumbling down on them mm-hmm. and that's the kind of situation that we're wanting to avoid because mm-hmm. it's not fun when your whole world comes collapsing and cre- down on you mm-hmm. So the key here, okay, is, is to, is ultimately is, is, is to see your way through it through present moment awareness, which those who are listening may be familiar with this concept uh, already and maybe even practicing it. So the idea is to go, okay, let's say there's reality A, okay, that, uh, the virus is much worse than uh, we're led to believe. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do about that personally? And I'll share you with you what I'm going to do. If that's the reality, uh, let's see here. Well, I'm going to take the time that's been given to me through the lockdown to self-reflect to, um, let's say, exercise or, or uh, mind, body, spirit, to strengthen my own core and expand my vessel from the inside out 
to the best of my ability in order to prepare for what is to come. Mm-hmm. That would be my course of action. Okay. Now, imagine it's the reverse. So if it's all been overblown and the virus isn't as worse, what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to take the time that's been given to me to (laughs) (laughs) self-reflect, exercise, mind, body, and soul, expand my vessel from the inside out, and prepare for what's yet to come. See the point? So the idea is to choose the course when realities diverge, find the one thing that one can do that doesn't change regardless of what, where the path goes. Mm. Okay. So you talked about that with present moment awareness. Yes. And so, yes, we have this opportunity always to, what I would say is it, you know, in, um, uh, you know, different philosophies and different, um, different religions, different teachings that have similar, you know, they have verbiage describing this and in biblical terms, it's, it's, uh, are you standing on a rock? Or are you on, on the sands? Cause the, the sand you can sink into the rock you cannot. So this would be akin to standing on the rock. So we at any given moment in time, whatever uh, we happen to be facing is to, to choose the thing that we would do in all circumstances. And if we, f- if we find ourselves going, oh, this is only something that I would do if something happens to be true, then that is not a solid foundation in, in which to... Um, in which to act. Mm. It's funny because you're just taking me back to about an hour ago and um, my daughter was teasing me about something and I said, oh, you better watch out or I'm going to take your jello away because <laughs> she was eating jello. And she said, well, if you do that, I'm going to take your meditation altar away. <laughs> And I thought, okay, I'm going to let her have that. But inside I was going, well, you can't stop me from meditating. You can take that away, but you're not going to stop me from meditating. <laughs> and um, and so it just sort of got my mind thinking like, oh, yeah, nobody could take that away from me. Like I just sort of followed that thread for a moment where it was like even if you were in solitary confinement, nobody can take that from you. Like you always get the chance to go within and kind of to your point about what you would do in the coronavirus situation, either way, you know, you you have those tools that can come with you no matter what's happening outside. No matter what. Yes. Mm. Yes. And incidentally, you know, we have a, we have a situation right now, which is, you know, bringing this all front and center. Um, but this is a, 
this is a beneficial way to approach life regardless of what's mm. going on. Yeah. Because it tends to be <laughs> that life's great disappointments, generally, if you look behind it, there was a big expectation somewhere. Mm. And And, you know, whenever we actually, if we create a dependencies or if we rely on dependencies for external events, people, places, or things in order for them to do certain things in order to manifest the reality of our choosing, we're not in a very empowered place. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so to the extent that we can not base our own happiness on anything external, uh, then, well, nothing can knock us off um, our good vibe. And I get that. And I then wonder about alignment. So for people who feel like, and so the coronavirus would be one thing, but if you go back to, for example, like, should I go to university or should I, you know, go another path and you've got these two big paths uh-huh. and you feel like you want to be aligned with your soul's purpose if you know what I mean. So you have more of a decision, I suppose. I guess when we think, because the other piece to this that we talked about was the the choices versus decisions. And so can you talk a little bit about like soul purpose and life purpose and um, alignment and how that goes because I think what we were talking about up to this point has been like keep your um, you know keep yourself give yourself that foundation within keep your you know do what you can within so that you're not shaken amidst the crashing worlds around you um, or whatever circumstances are thrown at you. But what about when it comes to decisions? Because you wrote something really interesting that I read about decisions versus choices, which really is really good food for thought. And maybe you'd like to expand on that a little bit. Uh, sure. Um, uh, the distinguish that I meant between choices and decisions, and this is a bit of semantics, so we're just kind of playing with words a bit and kind of going to craft some definitions around them. Uh, in this scenario, we're talking about the difference between choices and decisions, that choices are made at a soul level. They, um, they relate to what we have come forth here to experience life, uh, to accomplish that fulfills our soul. It's going to be a core passion. And this could be uh, music 
for example. And uh, which is not my particular thing, but it would be a common one. And if uh, someone is here to say, make music, this is what they, they love to do. It is their passion in life. So that would be, let's say, an important thing to keep in mind when, let's say, there's the um, uh, this choice point. Um, or I say, oops, I use a choice point. Um, let's say a decision point of to, do I enter the workforce or uh, do I go, um, go off to school? college or whatnot. That was the example you used before. Mm -hmm. So what's important is to go, okay, before you do either of those things is to return to the thing that's the same regardless of those. So somebody goes, well, I'm really here to make music and I'm going to do this. So either I'm going to work this job as a being a wait staff at a restaurant. This affords me the time to do gigs. Or I'm going to go to school and study music theory because I want to, um, uh, grow, you know, enhance my abilities as a composer. Mm. You see, so it's the same core principle and um, uh, that is the foundation of the choice or the, mm-hmm. or the basically the choice that would have had already been made, okay, is um, is to make music, and so we're aligning to that, regardless of our decision. So then we can be comfortable whichever decision path we take. Hmm. And then you can always change decisions. So somebody can enter the workforce and then later decide to go to school, mm-hmm. or vice versa. Hmm. But the what they're standing on in terms of their passion doesn't change. Are there like touch points to keep coming back to, to check in that you're aligned? Yeah. Joy is the big one. Mm. And that's the big red flag. Like if you just find that there's your life just seems to be devoid of joy, there's nothing that really, that, that excites you. Mm -hmm. That's something to that pause and come back to self-reflection and, and ask oneself the question, why am I here? Mm. And so going back to the coronavirus that where you started, you know, we're all being afforded right now such an opportunity to to yeah. t- have that touch point and be like, okay, there's not a lot of distraction right now, you know, and maybe, you know, unfortunately, you know, there are tons of people who, um, you know, we're spending a lot of time working and, and that's either dwindled down or, or, um, you know, is missing right now or, you know, whatever it is, caring for elderly parents they can't get to now or whatever. But we all have a lot of opportunity right now for that self-reflection and, and it can be hard to do, especially if you start tuning in and, and you're not finding that joy and then, and then what, you know? Then what? Yeah. Exist, it's called an existential crisis. Mm. And this is, uh, it's the proverbial midlife crisis. Mm. And which is, is our society has, has, has kind of come to this point 
where it's been so much on the go, go, go and fitting in with societal norms Mm -hmm. and disregarding individual purpose and passion that it's very common for people to hit, you know, they, there's a few different points, one in the late twenties, one in the kind of in the, uh, early forties. Okay. And, um, oftentimes another one, another about, you know, around 60 ish or so where all of a sudden it's like, what, what am I doing with my life? Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, you mean age wise. I was thinking the 19, I was like the depression. Okay. The world war two. Wait, what happened no, in the sixties? No. <laughs> okay. So we're talking life. So life. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I mean, it can happen at any time, but there's a few mm. kind of. So quarter life, midlife. Yeah. Yeah. It's three roughly. Yeah. Yeah. Roughly that. Mm. Yeah. In terms of a, you look at a lifespan as a century, it's roughly kind of that, but we're 80 years, you know, mm-hmm. but there's like, a, there's a, something that happens around 28 um, years old. It's called the return of Saturn. Saturn comes in the same position that it was in the day you were born. Hmm. And uh, uh, that seems to be a real hallmark. It's sort of like, uh, um, it's, it's, it's astronomical. I don't remember the exact data, but it's sort of like people that got married before the age of 28, um, you know, over like three quarters of them divorce. Really? At, then, at that it, age? It, yeah. Huh. And you get married af- after 28, um, it's, it's almost the flip-flop reverse. So hmm. it's, huh. you, you know, we kind of chuckle about our younger selves, like, what did we know at the age of 20 or 21 or, yeah. you know, um, so, uh, the, I, I know I, I think I'd used in, um, I'd used this example before and I think what, I, what you had read, um, then I use it kind of for the audience, which in the terms again, of the difference between like choices and decisions and, and how this aligns and kind of ties into this whole kind of free will versus divine plan um, is, uh, let's say, um, is if you're going on a trip, uh, the choice, and you begin your trip, you're, uh, you live in Denver, and you're trying to get to Seattle. And so the choice is to go to Seattle. That's the governing choice. And then the decisions are the right turns, left turns that you'll make along the way in order to arrive at your chosen destination. And so when we look at the map and you go, I would like to go to Seattle or I want to go to New York or I want to go to Chicago or wherever we want to go, there's no right or wrong in any terms of any choices that we can make. Because those are all made at a soul level. So we can choose anything from a soul level and that's okay. It's in just the destination. Uh, and then, but our decisions can be right or wrong in that they either carry us towards or away from our chosen destination. So if you can make a wrong turn, they're heading out of Denver. And if that sends you on a interstate 70 heading east towards Kansas, you're going toward Indianapolis the, or Indianapolis <laughs> eventually, right? <laughs> then you're going the wrong way, but only it's not like you're going the wrong way. Like you're going an evil way. 
okay? Because mm. it's the right way if somebody happens to be going to Kansas or Indianapolis. It's just the wrong way because it's not carrying you towards your chosen destination. Mm. And so the signposts for that would be joy. Yeah. To know or, what if you're yeah, or, heading toward it. If we're feeling joy when we experience it, that is an absolute sign that we're living within our purpose. Mm. And then conversely, if we do not, are not experiencing joy, that's also a sign. It's a negative sign or whatever. It's a, it's a, it's a void. Mm. And that also kick. Yeah, that, and it's, it's typically easier to notice something's presence than to it's lack of presence. But, Mm. um, you know, how many people have, have come to resign themselves to, uh, life isn't supposed to be filled with joy mm-hmm. life. You know, there's the talking about realities that various different people live. Some people live in this thing of is basically life sucks. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. they live that as the default. Yeah. That's just the foundation. Yeah. Point. Which yeah. enables them to basically, basically they'll make all kinds of wrong decisions, never noticing the, the signs. Mm-hmm that they're way off track from where they're supposed to be. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, so, and sometimes let's say somebody's heading from, they originally set out to go to Seattle from Denver and they make a wrong turn. They don't notice it. They just keep driving, whatnot. Next thing you know, they're in Tallahassee, Florida or something. Mm. Yeah. Oops. Now, at that point, the notion of backtracking is like, oh, I got to drive all the way back across. So so once the point happens that... uh, when, when someone realizes how far off track they've gone. Mm-hmm. All right. Then the kind of the div- divine dispensation here is that in acknowledging this, it enables us to make a new choice. So we can go, Oh, okay. Well, no wonder, well, no wonder things haven't turned out the way it is. I'm way off course. Okay, now it's like, okay, acknowledging that, now let's set a new, let's make a new choice. From where, you know, I made the first choice when I was in Denver. Now Mm -hmm. that I'm in Tallahassee, you know, let's make a new choice. Mm -hmm. I'd be, all right, so our new choice is to make it down to the Keys. Or let's go to New York from here. Mm-hmm. And then that's kind of like a reset. So then you you don't carry on the same sole purpose. No. From it's that a, point. It's a, it's a repurposing. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah. 
And without the repurposing, then there would be there would be some souls that get so lost mm. that they never, they would, you know, not in a million years could they <laughs> could they find their back way back home or to where they're supposed to be. Mm. So, yeah, it's really interesting. I'm sort of reflecting on my own life because, um, I know like for me, like spirituality has come more and more in the forefront. It's become more and more important in my life over the last few years, but it started out that way. Like I was a really, really spiritual person for a lot of my, I guess like as a teenager and as like a young adult, and then, you know, sort of entered that 20s time period we were talking about a few minutes ago and just started exploring kind of like, oh, is this what I think it, you know, like just started exploring like being agnostic or being, you know, like not letting that be a big part of my life anymore. And I spent, you know, four years living in England. That's a very secular country, you know, it's not like at least my experience there was not heavily spiritual. Um, and so I think that also sort of helped to facilitate that exploration <laughs> of, of contrast, you know, like, um, and what I thought was growth at that time. And then it's just really interesting as you're giving that analogy and I'm relating it back to like the importance that I have now of like my meditation practice and spirituality and being aligned. Like that's very, very important to me now. But it's kind of like I do feel like I started going in a different direction. But it kind of led me back to a place like I feel like I've come full circle back to be lined up with where I was years and years ago as far as like understanding the importance of having that in my life, if that makes sense. It it, it does. And it's, the, this is kind of like the beauty of divine grace and mercy. Mm. And when, you know, to kind of use that previous analogy of, of, making a new destination choice or the repurposing. If you find yourself in Florida and uh, let's say, um, yeah, let's say that in the repurposing, it's uh, choosing to be uh, actually the new destination of Miami. Well, in that case, you see, then it kind of, it backwards makes the whole journey from Denver to Florida now part of the new purpose. Hmm. And so this is, this is a, just one of the most wonderful things about, about the divine is that it can re it, when it repurp, when we repurposes us, then it does so in a way that makes our whole journey relevant. Hmm. So every there's this is one of the things about like it's just all on a journey just to just to come to 
this moment. It's all a journey just to the now. Hmm. And every time we arrive at the now, then it's beautiful. And it and everything that has ever happened to us has brought us to this beautiful moment. Hmm. And therefore, there's no bit of it that is wasted because it brought us here now. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Can you talk for a moment, we keep touching on this being here now. You've talked to me, I don't know, I don't think we talked about this on a podcast, but we talked about, you've talked about keeping your energy in the now and calling it home, and then you're collecting it. It's like the energetic. Um, I think you explained it to me like tributaries. Like when you go out to these future potentialities or you're, or you're holding on to things from the past and you're continuing to like take your attention there, your energy is like being leaked out almost. And then you're yeah. when you come into the now, you're like calling it back home. Yes. And I find that really um, very powerful. Would you like to share that better than I just did? I, <laughs> well, I think you just did. Oh. Um, uh, yes, and it's. Um, yes, through a uh, past and future, um, we can, we can kind of, we can know this and grow in this capacity in working with our conscious mind. And this is what we have to work with. And we have, a, you know, there's a great deal of our consciousness that is, you know, what got buried into the subconscious or unconscious mind uh, and there's a way to work with that also but we it's it's sort of like you have a computer and you might have a whole bunch of different apps on there everything from you know you got your web browser and email programs you got your uh, office programs and word processing you might have a database you might have quickbooks you might have all these things uh, but at any given moment, you might not, you only have uh, a couple of these apps running. Or, and so that's kind of what our conscious mind is. It's what we're actually able to work with at a given moment in time. We have a whole library of other applications that are that are uh, uh, buried at the moment. So when we're working with our conscious mind, we can pay attention to where our thoughts go. And if our thoughts are always kind of returning to, um, if they're always, if they're in the past or in the future, then there's, then our, that's where our attention is. And it is through, uh, the thoughts that we choose that we direct our attention or our focus. And, uh, I remember, I, I remember I was, um, this was back in 2012 and I was in a shared house and there's a good brother of mine. Um, and, uh, he, uh, 
he, he was doing, um, he had a really wonderful uh, healing modality, but it was a circuit that he did. So he would only be in town for maybe a month or two at a time. And then he was, he would travel around the country and he'd do these training circuits, but he had a girlfriend here in town. And anyways, it was the day before he was about to leave and she was just completely, you know, she was just visibly upset. She did not want him to go. And, um, I'm just sitting there and I'm kind of watching and tuning into these, these two. And, um, and finally I had to say something. So right there in her presence, um, I said to, uh, I said to my brother, I said, you know what the, uh, you know what the wonderful thing about you leaving tomorrow is? And he kind of looked at me quizzically. Uh, Cause that was not the one, that was not the vibe of uh, the space at the mm -hmm. moment. It was not wonderful that he was leaving tomorrow. Right. So I said, you know what's, you know, what's wonderful that, about you, about you leaving tomorrow. And he kind of looked at me like what? And I says, well, that it's not today. Mm. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the thing was, is that his girlfriend had, she has still had one more day with him and she was choosing to not experience this day mm -hmm. because of her projection into the future of the sadness she was going to feel tomorrow. Yeah. So human. Yeah. And yeah, so human, <laughs> right? And so it's amazing. This is just this is a kind of simple or straightforward example of how uh, our lack of our present. Um, awareness can um, can discolor the joy and the beauty of the moment of this moment and so she missed most of the whole day if not all of it didn't have to um, now you know, oh, oh, just to be, you know, a puppy dog because they don't actually, they don't project out like that. And they don't, you know, they're happy if they have a treat right now. Mm. That's it. Mm -hmm. They're not thinking about whether or not there's going to be a treat tomorrow. Mm -hmm. They're not looking to go, oh, is there more of those things in there tomorrow or tomorrow? No, they're just enjoying the treat today. Yeah. There's such wisdom there. And it, and it, like you mentioned earlier, it's so easy or it's, yeah, it's so, which one is it? It's so simple, but it's not easy. It's not, I mean, no. we're planners no. and, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's not necessarily easy, but it does become easier with practice mm -hmm. and 
to let tomorrow take care of itself. And, you know, and then yesterday is gone. What is that? How's that saying go? What, yesterday's a history and tomorrow's a mystery, but today's the present. Today is a gift. A gift, that's That's why they they call call it present. They call it the present. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And, uh, and then, you know, it's, this is even, this is covered in, uh, in all this, you know, in the Star Wars movies. And one of the gifts of the Jedi is the ability to uh, foresee into the future. And uh, you have young Anakin Skywalker that is very concerned about the future. And and uh, Obi-Wan uh, Kenobi uh, kind of rebukes him for this. And young Anakin says, well, Master Yoda says I should be mindful of the future. And Obi-Wan says, well, not at the expense of this moment. Keep your focus here where it belongs. So we, yeah. And this is the, and this, you know, it it, it comes with, well, it takes practice and perseverance to, uh, to be able to be mindful or to, uh, of past and future without, losing touch with this moment and i'd like to you know one of the uh, i'd like to just kind of share one more thing yeah please because you had uh, asked about the whole free will and divine will and mm-hmm. and it kind of relates to all this and a very similar thing to this whole choices and decisions kind of thing and uh, I love this. This quote came from a movie called The Answer Man. And if nobody's seen that movie, Mm-mm. it's uh, it's kind of a takeoff on um, the conversations with God. Uh, Neil Donald. Um, oh, I love that book. Uh, Walsh, Walsh. Yeah, Neil Donald Walsh. Walsh. Walsh or Walsh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we have Jeff Daniels. Uh, famous from the Dumb and Dumber, uh, who plays uh, he plays this the the answer man who has this conversation with God and writes a best-selling book and now it's twenty years later and he's completely disillusioned and it's he's like he had his moment and now he's spent the rest of his life just like completely like failing in his attempts to to reconnect with the divine and uh, uh but he's uh but he's this you know he's a huge phenom you know on this major best-selling book right uh and it's a cute movie and a cool show uh, and uh anyone who uh, has uh, read those conversations with god book would uh would probably appreciate this film uh, but there's some um he has this interactions with um where he agrees to kind of come out of hiding a little bit, interact with the world again. And he's getting like one question at a time. One of the questions was, hey, is it free will or destiny? And he answers simply, we have free will to move towards or away from our destiny. 
Mm. Okay. That's it. Our destiny is what it is. And we have, yes, each of us has free will. Hmm. Closer to it or to move away from it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that opens up a whole other, <laughs> a Pandora's box of questions here. So. <laughs> That's good. Well, I mean, we can maybe cover some of those on a, yeah. uh, next time. Yeah. Excellent. Well, this was amazing. Thank you so much. I feel, I feel like I need to integrate as I normally do. <laughs> but, um, but that was great. Thank you very much. Yeah, well, always a pleasure. Yeah. Well, thank you everybody. Yes. For tuning thank in you. with us. Yeah. And, um, we look forward to the next meditation conversation. And if anybody has a question that they would like to have addressed, we just fire that off to Kara there. And yeah. Maybe, uh, cover that on a future show absolutely that's a great suggestion we um you can always go on the meditationconversation.com and there's a contact button there and that will uh, be a great way to to communicate so all right well thank you so much many blessings and we'll talk next time <laughs> <laughs>